we are wrapping up, we are wrapping up, <clears throat> excuse me, quickly the, the year. It's hard to believe that we're moving towards the end of the year. Uh, we have been the last part of this year walking with the Apostle John in the book of 1 John. And so today we're going to move into his next little letter. It's called 2 John, or as some might call it, 2 John. Uh, and it's written by the exact same guy. So you're gonna hear some of the exact same themes that we've been hearing in 1 John. Repetition matters. You know, if we're learning something, repeating things is big. And so you're gonna hear some of the exact same things, some of the same phrases, some turns of things that are important. And he's writing to churches in that area. And so I want you to begin to check those things out. I want you to write down what you're seeing, what you're hearing. If you haven't been around over the last several weeks, maybe months, or you're brand new in, go back to our website and you watch and follow along with us. If you're online, you can see those there uh, right in the sidebar. I want you to check those things out uh, and so that you're, you're staying up with us. One of the things that though is different about 2 John from 1 John, it's much shorter. 2 John only has 13 verses, all right? So it's not chapters, it's like 13 verses. It's the second shortest book in all the Bible. Only one that is shorter is 3 John, and we're going to talk about it next week, all right? And so uh, it's very, I, I want you to come, I want you to finish out. We're going to be moving, Lord willing, into the book of Revelation and the book of January. And so we're really kind of feasting on what it is that the Apostle John's been talking about here recently. Or excuse me, recently we've been talking about what the Apostle John's been written long ago to us, even as a church, has words for us today. You know, I shared with you last week, uh, I'm not real good at math. Math is not necessarily my strongest suit. Uh, I, I, I identify numbers, putting them together uh, is a little bit more difficult. And then when you start throwing in all the little numbers and the fractions and like A and B and equals Y, I'm like, I, I don't, that doesn't even compute with me. I mean, I don't even know what that is. One of the things that bothers me about math is that there's always a right answer. There are no approximations. I mean, it's like right, you know? You add things up and if it doesn't equal up to this certain number, no matter how you start working it, it's wrong. There is a right answer when it comes to math. And we've seen all of that this week, no pun intended, as it goes to voting and counting and who you're going to vote for. You're talking about virus numbers. You're talking about all, this is a crazy, crazy time of the year, isn't it? It's crazy. And it leaves us wondering, where's the truth? What's the right answer? I don't understand. People are talking about things that most of us, we're not experts in those areas. And so who's the expert and what's the truth? Folks, that's why the Bible is so important because it is true, it is right. It is what we can base our life on. And in this crazy 2020, the word of God is faithful to us today. It was faithful when it was written, it's faithful to us today. And it will be faithful to us 200 years from now or to the people who are living 200 years from now if the Lord uh, chooses to tarry. So in 2 John, we're going to see this writer, the Apostle John, he writes and he's talking about truth. At the heart of this 13 verses, this letter, this book, he's talking about truth. John is the apostle of love. 
And so he's gonna talk about truth. He's gonna talk about love and how we couple those two things together. And he's gonna talk about lies. He's gonna talk about what it means to be able to identify lies. And so today, our bottom line, as we often talk about around here when we're trying to boil it down is this, walk in truth and watch for lies. Walk in truth and watch for lies. So with that, let's start reading 2 John. And I'm gonna start with verse one. I'm gonna read through verse three. And in this little introductory area, I'm gonna give some little running commentary, all right? So let's start reading. The elder to the elect lady and her children. Now the elder here is John. He is identifying himself as an elder. That would have been something that would have been very common in those days because uh, uh, he would have been a very respected leader in the churches that he was leading, that he was over. And so he was probably at this point, the last living apostle. And so he would have been respected. He, they would have looked at him as an, as an elder. And he says, the elder, the elder to the elect lady and her children. Now, many people are wondering and have wondered throughout the years, is he talking about, is he writing to a very specific lady? Uh, I choose to think and believe like many theologians that what he's talking about here is to a church. He's talking about a church because throughout, throughout Christendom, the church has been referred to in, in a feminine form because in the scripture, the church is the bride of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. So I think he's talking about the elect lady. He's writing to a very specific lady, a very specific church. And he says her children, it'd be like writing to the church at Life Point Riverdale and he's to your members, to the church and to the members. In fact, at the end of this 13 verses, 12 and 13, he talks about I'm, the elect sister that I'm with sends you greetings. So I think he's talking about a church here. And he says, the elder to the elect lady and her children whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth. He says, listen, I love you. I love you, church. I love you. And he says, and I love you in the truth. I love that you're following the truth. Not only me, but all those who love the truth, they know that you're also following the truth and they love you. Verse two, he says, because of the truth, that abides in us, circle the word us, that abides in us and will be with us, circle us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace be with us. John right here, and I'm gonna stop. John right here, he's not just writing to a church. He's including himself in this church. Folks, I want you to know something, all right? As your pastor, I'm a member of this church with you. So when I stand and speak and try to open the word for us, Notice for us, it's not to you, it's to us. And John says, listen, uh, this is about us together. This is about us together. He says, from God, the father and from Jesus Christ, the father, son in truth and love. Notice that he, he's talking about truth a lot. He's talking about love a lot. It's very important that we begin to see that he is desiring these people to walk in truth and to walk in love. He loves them and he wants them to love one another. So the very first thing I want you to write down and we're gonna jump in is what does it look like for us to walk in truth? To walk in truth. If you're taking notes, walk in truth. Let's start reading in verse four. Verse four, John's writing. He says, I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, 
the church, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment. That should sound familiar to those of you. I'm not writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. Verse six, and this is love that we walk according to his commandments. And this is the commandment, just as you, as you have heard from the beginning, so now you should walk in it. Uh, folks, that, for those of you who have been around, that should sound some familiar language. The apostle John is wanting us to catch very importantly that truth matters and he wants us to walk in it. Have you ever got some news that some news that you were dying to share. I mean, it was something huge in your life and you're like, you're walking around looking, who am I gonna tell this to? I mean, I, I want to share this. Some of you, it, it, you ladies, maybe it was a pregnancy. Dad, maybe it was the, the first home run that your son hit. What used to be a bumper sticker, my child is on the honor roll at so-and-so school or the competing bumper sticker, and my child beat up your honor roll student. Today is more of a, it's, it's like a, a social media post. You know, you're, you're posting out your kid's very first whatever, my kid's first tooth, kid's first loss of the tooth, the first uh, t-ball game, the first ballet, the first play recital. Listen, all of those things are, are, are proud parent moments and we want to share them. You know what's happening right here? John is having a proud spiritual dad moment. And he's saying, listen, I, I, I rejoice. I'm celebrating the fact that you are walking in the truth, the truth of the gospel. Notice that he links, when he, he's talking about, he says, God the Father and Jesus the Son. Verse three, he's gonna come back to that again in verse nine. He says, listen, the gospel that saved you and changed you, you're still walking in that. You're still walking in it. Now, I wanna, I wanna kind of stop here for just a moment. You know, you hear us talk about the gospel a lot. And I want you to hear that the gospel is no less than turning from your sin and being alive in Christ. But the gospel is more than just being saved. It's walking out the gospel in the relationships that you have in your home. It's walking out the gospel at your work. It's walking out what does the gospel look like? Think of all the elements of the gospel. I was transformed. I was changed. There was a forgiveness. I'm now, I, I, I once was not loved and I, now I am loved. All of those elements of the gospel, he says, you're all of those things that, changed your life, you were awakened to, you're still walking in them. He says, dear lady, some of your kids are doing that. And he's having, like, he's ecstatic as a, as, a, as a spiritual dad. This is big time stuff. He's celebrating them. He's saying, listen, this is awesome. I've heard that some of you are remaining. How did he do that? Well, as a bishop, as someone who was probably overseeing churches, he probably had gotten word from a sister church where he was, and he got a report that some of them are walking strong. So he sends a letter back to say, yes, yes, yes. This is awesome. Look at verse five. In verse five, he says, listen, it's not as though I'm writing to you a new commandment. I'm not writing you a new commandment. He says, it's the old commandment that I've already been teaching you about, that you've heard from the beginning, that we are to love one another. We're to love truth 
and then love one another. Uh, hey, listen, I wanna make sure that you all hear this. We can't say that we love one another and let someone continue to walk in truth or walk in lies. Uh, if we see someone who's in error, we walk into their life because we love one another. It's like a parent with a child. You don't let your child continue to run into the street. It's a hard truth. They may love to go out there in the street, but we gotta get them and bring them back. That's danger. He, it is impossible for us to say we love one another and not walk in each other's lives in correction sometimes, right? That's very, very important. And this is what he's beginning to help us to see. Notice in verse six. In verse six, he says, and this is love that we walk according to his commandments. He says, listen, if you, I'm excited, I'm celebrating the fact that you're still walking in the gospel and that the, the old commandment that I've given you, that old commandment that we're to love one another. He says, listen, you, if you, we truly love one another, then we're gonna hold fast one another to the gospel that saved us. You know what he's doing right here? He is connecting, he's connecting belief and action. I've believed the truth of the gospel. Now the action is, is that I walk in love one to another. And he's speaking to brothers and sisters. He says, listen, you can't have one without the other. Jesus is full of, he's full of grace, he's full of truth, he's full of mercy, he's full of compassion, he's full of love. He's 100% of all of those things at the same time. And what we end up doing oftentimes is we wanna like segment those out. We either love Jesus' love or we love Jesus' mercy or we, you know, some people are strong truth people. And I want you to hear, Jesus is all of those at one time. And so when he is, whenever he is expressing those things to us, it is in perfect harmony with who he is. It'd be like having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You get peanut butter on one side, you get jelly on another, you swoosh them together. And then all of a sudden you go, uh-oh, I want them to be apart again. You, you can't take them apart. You've got peanut butter and jelly mixed on both sides. This is what, you cannot separate truth and love. They go together. Now, we, we do that many times, though, don't we? Many of us, you, you may know people who they kind of really hold on to the, to the love banner. <laughs> They're not real big on wanting to truth. It's, it's I'm big on love. These are folks who I would say they kind of, they're not big on conflict, all right? They avoid conflict at all costs. It's like the guy who gets really upset that his neighbor is out in his yard at this time. His neighbor, his neighbor is out blowing his leaves that belong in his yard, blowing them into his other yard, into my yard. And it burns you up, but you don't go talk to your neighbor because you wanna avoid the conflict. You just, I'm, I'm just gonna love him. Maybe he'll change. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's the person who you go to work and you have your lunch, you have your snacks, you put your name on them, you put them in the refrigerator, the community refrigerator, you come back to get your snack because you're hungry and you notice my snack is gone. And you start looking around and you see the wrapper that has your name in your coworker's trash bin. And rather than say something, you just go, uh, that's gonna stir up something. You, you would, no, I, I, I'm just gonna love them, maybe it will change. Or the, some of you know people who are high on truth. I mean, like 
they're almost like the correction police. They're like sitting around waiting for you to make a wrong turn, a wrong move, to speak something that is maybe just off a little bit and they pounce. And when they pounce, they pounce hard. And you're going, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, what John is speaking here is this, is that we have to be people who love truth and love people. We have to walk in the truth and we gotta love people. We've gotta be people who are willing to know truth and when we see someone walking in error in love, we walk into their lives. Now folks, I'm gonna ask you, have you ever invited anybody into your life like that? As adults, if you start running up to me telling me everything that I've done wrong, I'm, I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I do need to know that, but I also want you to know it, it means something when you go to some trusted people that you trust their walk, you love them, and you say, hey, will you walk alongside me? If you see me taking a wrong turn, if you see me in error, I need you in love. Now listen, there is a way to confront in truth, with truth in love. Don't be a jerk, all right? Don't be a jerk, but you're inviting that in. And so what the apostle John here is saying is, listen, I see that some of you, you're walking in truth and you're, I celebrate that. You're still walking in the truth of the gospel that saved you. And you're doing this now with love. Bravo, I love it but he's gonna make a turn here. And he's gonna to go to the point two. Now, I want you to write this down. What does it look like to watch for lies? What does it look like for watch for lies? If we're supposed to be walking in truth with love because we're brothers and sisters, he also now comes and he's gonna to talk to us about something else. Look at verse seven through 11. Verse seven through 11. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago? Really, it's probably been a month ago. Uh, John wrote in 1 John, he said, there were those who were with us who are no longer a part of us because they left us. And if they were truly a part of us, they wouldn't have left us. Pretty much what he said. This is what he's talking about right here. He's repeating that. He says, many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist against Christ. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what you have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead does not abide, know that, does not abide in the teaching of Christ. Oh, excuse me. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Verses 10 and 11, I wanna make sure that you really catch this. Look what he says in 10 and 11. He says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, talking about the gospel teaching, does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked work. Now he starts out verse seven with the word for, because the reason he put for there, we gotta ask what's it there for? He is linking what he just said about loving truth walking in love with what it is he's about to tell us now, that we've gotta be careful because there are liars and deceivers out there. There are people who once were with us, they're no longer with us, they're out spreading a gospel, a false gospel, a gospel that is anti-Christ, he says. Do you remember what that was? 
It, it, it was, we called it, the scripture called or well, we called it a Gnostic gospel, meaning they had a secret knowledge. And they would say that Jesus was not fully God. Verse three talked about God the Father, God the Son. Verse nine, talking about God the Father, God the Son. And they would say that the Christ, air quotes, the Christ came upon him at, at his baptism and then the Christ spirit left at his crucifixion. Listen, at that point, that diminishes what the scripture, the Holy Bible says about who Jesus is. And he says, listen, if someone comes and they, they're teaching that kind of gospel, they're teaching that kind, then you turn them out. You stay away from them. If you see any of the community, the brothers who are not walking in the truth, in love, we're to go and we correct that. We correct that. We bring them back. You see, you can't separate truth and love. If we love truth and we love the brothers and we love the community, then in love, we have to go and walk along with them. And he says, listen, there are those who are out there. He goes so far as to call them deceivers. You know what we call that today? A liar, a liar. He says they are antichrist. They're not speaking the gospel. And he says, you gotta watch out. You have to be aware. Look at verse 10 and 11. Verse 10 and 11, really quickly. In that culture, what would end up happening is, let's, let's just say here on, uh, in Murfreesboro, there may be someone who would be over several sets of churches. And let's just say what would end up happening is there'd be a pastor or a teacher or an itinerant evangelist or someone that would go and speak in these churches. And he says, listen, they're gonna, if they come and they wanna come into your house, well, what do you mean come into my house? Well, they didn't have like Motel 6 and Holiday Inn Express and where they would travel in and they'd get in a hotel. So many times what would happen is, is they would get with other believers, brothers and sisters, in the, and they would bunk in their house so that they would have some place that they could rest. And the scripture tells us, he says, listen, if those deceivers, those people who are preaching a false gospel, those who are coming to you that would deny God the Father and Jesus his son, that he is fully God, that he is fully man, because if he's not fully man, he couldn't be, he couldn't have lived, a, he couldn't have been a substitute for my sin on the cross. If he wasn't fully God, he would not have been perfect. If if someone is denying that gospel, if they're lying, if they're deceiving you, you turn them away. He says, you don't even, you don't support that kind of thing. Have you ever heard someone ask this question? How, much, how true does a statement have to be to be true? How true does a statement have to be for it to be really true? Do you know how to answer that, don't you? Completely. It has to be completely true. If it's not, there is right and wrong. When it comes to the gospel, it's not just believing anything, it's believing the right thing. And he links that with verse three and, and verse nine, that God the Father and God the Son, Jesus the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're one. And he says, and if anyone is denying that, you turn them out. So what does that look like for us today? Here we are in 2020, as crazy as it is, you're not inviting evangelists and itinerant preachers to come into your home and spend the night with you and go travel around and make a circuit. Typically, that's not what's happening today. 
But did you realize that every day we invite people who are telling a half gospel and a half truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ into our home by what we watch on television, by the, by the computer screen that we get, by the books that we buy in different places. We're looking at things and hearing, we're hearing gospel language we're hearing Jesus, we're hearing the religious words. They may be a popular pastor, a, pap- a popular teacher, a man teacher, a woman teacher. But when you dig down, you find out it is not the gospel. It's not the true, full, 100% unadulterated gospel. And he says, when that happens, you turn it out. He says, don't support it. And my question is, is why do we? When we know that there are people out there who are preaching a false and, or a half gospel about who Jesus is and about what it is that he's commanded and what he desires, yet we invite that in. As brothers and sisters, when we know that not everything that we pick up at the Christian bookstore or the Christian section at CBD or Christian book distributors, that's what I mean by that. It took a few minutes, didn't it? It's not the full gospel. Then we need to go to the brothers and sisters and say, hey, what you're reading sounds good, but it's not what the scripture teaches. This is truth. And there is a lot out there today that is masquerading in Jesus language, in church language, that is not the full gospel. Brothers and sisters, we've got to invite people in who will walk with us so that we can see. But I also want to say this. He he uses the word, the things that are antichrist in verse seven it is. You know what antichrist means? It's not capital A as if person, it's lowercase a. Anything that is anti-Christ, things that are against the gospel, things that are against who Christ is, things that that don't line up with who he is. And I wanna ask you, uh, everybody go ahead and just kind of pick your feet up a little bit because I'm gonna like walk through your aisle here in your row for just a moment. We do this all the time, don't we? by the things that we invite into our home, that they don't measure up to gospel standards. I'm speaking to me, us. This hits me. Have you ever found yourself on Netflix and like four or five hours later, you're going, what happened? I I just watched something about someone who says he's the king of the tigers and there's nothing gospel related in this. (laughs) I know. I'm there. There are books and blogs that come in that we spend time with. Have you ever just, you know, I'm gonna just kind of see what's going on in the world. And like your thumb gets arthritic all of a sudden because after like an hour and a half, you, what am I doing? I've just wasted all this time. What we're setting before our eyes what we're listening to. Now, I wanna make sure you hear me say this. I'm not talking about that everybody needs to have organ music on. It says Jesus 17 times. And I'm talking about, are we filling, 
You pick any genre that you want to pick. Country, I like country. Rap, rock, you pick it. And you're hearing things over and over and over that is anti-Christ because the lifestyle that is portrayed that just goes in and in and in. Do you realize that those seeds, they birth forth at some point? They do. Uh, some of you men are going, yeah, I'm all right. I don't do any of that. I listen to talk radio. Have you listened really to talk radio lately? And how everyone is like dehumanized. They are like scum. Blow them off the earth, please. Folks, listen, I want you to hear me. When we dehumanize other people who are made in the image of God, whether they, whether they follow Jesus or not, that is antichrist. And the scripture says that if we love the gospel, we love truth, we have to invite people in to help us walk in that. And in love, help correct what it is. He says, listen, I'm rejoicing that you love the gospel. I'm rejoicing that you're walking in the truth. I want you to love one another, but watch out. There are people out there who are seeking to deceive you. That's the scripture. That's what it says. What do we do? What do we do about that? Let me give you a couple of quick things. Eyes and ears. Man, listen, you, I mean, really, you gotta set some limits. You gotta draw some lines about what you're going to watch, about what you're gonna set before your eyes. It may take filters. It may take limits. You, do, you realize on your smart TV, you can program that it'll just go out, off after a certain amount of time. I mean, I'm being serious. I mean, if you can set limits where only your spouse can let you get into areas and it'll block things out. Do you realize that as a church, we've produced all kinds of things, not so that you can just listen to what the church is doing, but so that it, it helps the, to, to build you up, whether it's music, it's reading plans, because we want you to love the gospel, to love truth, so that you can walk, the, the children that you're walking in their lives, they look at you and go, yeah, I wanna, I wanna be that man. I wanna be that woman. I'm looking around here. One of the things I love about Riverdale is that there are so many people here who grew up at LifePoint. And there are people who invested in your life and you're where you are today because they invested in you. I'm looking for people. We're looking. There are parents in here who are looking for you to be that to their kids. And we need you to be gospel-loving, truth-loving people who will walk in the lives of other people and say, hey, have you, I don't know how that measures up. I need moms and dads. The scripture talks about us. Let me back up, I'm sorry. I get excited here. Listen, the scripture is calling us to be the pastors and the leaders of our own churches. You realize that's your home. Your home is a microcosm of the church. Dad, you're pastoring your home. Mom, you're leading your home. You're walking in. Do you realize as you go, the church goes? Do we love the gospel? Do we love truth? Would the apostle John look at your family and go, bravo, go, you love the truth. 
love people walking their lives. Hey, watch out. There are people seeking to deceive us. Watch out. Look around. How do we do that? Well, I mean, Proverbs. All throughout the Scripture, do you realize the Scripture tells us that the heart is central? It's the center where everything comes out of. Proverbs chapter 4, I believe it's around verse 23, and the rest of the chapter says, above all else, above everything, you are to guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. You know what happens if a well gets polluted, don't you? I, I had the opportunity to travel to Western Africa uh, several years ago. I was walking through a village countryside from one village to the next village. And on the outside of the village, there was a, I didn't realize what it was, but it was a big steel plate and there were tires around it. I thought it was a trap. They open it up and at the middle of the night, somebody comes by, they catch something or it's to catch me. I don't know. I'm just going, somebody explains to me, no, that's the well. That's the well. It wasn't like a big stone thing. It was a well. And people will come out at a certain time. They'll pull this off. They will end up getting their water. They cover it back up so that animals don't fall into it and die. So that rocks don't fall into it and dry it up so that animals don't, whatever it is. Because if that water source is polluted, it affects that entire village. Do you realize that as you go and your water source, if you, uh, we're all connected folks. And so I'm calling us today. The, the apostle John is calling us to guard our hearts because when we begin to guard our hearts, Yes, we still have to have protection for our eyes and our ears. But when we begin to guard our hearts with the gospel and we love the truth, you know what begins to happen? We begin to, the Holy Spirit begins to help us to recognize, turn that off. Don't listen to that. Hey, what you're reading doesn't measure up with the gospel, with the, tr with the true gospel. When someone comes and they see that I'm reading something or I'm speaking something and they come to me and they say, hey, Kyle, what you said... I'm more open to it. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit has been working in my heart because I'm trying to guard the wellspring of my heart. And so when you speak to me, I'm more open to hear it. That's what the gospel does. When we love truth and we love the community and we're watching out for lies and we have other people watching our lives for lives, for lies. Who have you invited in? Are you in a small group? Are you in a Bible study? Ladies, do you have a women's group or a men, men? Do you have a men's group? That people walk with you. You see, this is what the Apostle, Paul, the Apostle John's talking about here. That's what he's talking about. Families, I want you to know in the next two weeks, I believe it's the next two weeks, we're gonna be giving all families, that includes singles, that includes families without children, we're going to be giving you an Advent guide. Advent is the time of the year we are moving into. I love Christmas. I haven't put my tree up yet, all right? Some have, I have not. I love Christmas. We're, a, we're gonna give an Advent guide that will celebrate the coming of the Christ child, that will be an opportunity to help us to begin to walk through. It, it's kind of like a, 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 a way to help you get off the ground with your family as you're walking with them and discipling them. We want you to walk in the truth. 
And it starts at home. It starts at home. I'm asking you, if you're not in a small group, would you go out to the new connect area and say, hey, listen, I, I want some info on how I can begin to get into a small group. We have them launching in January, okay? We have new groups launching in January. Start now. I hear you, Graceland. I hear you. Folks, listen, today's the day. Today's the day. It's not next week. The group may not start till January, but today's the day to move. You may be going, yeah, this is true. I, I, I'm gonna get to it. No, today's the day to invite somebody into your life and say, hey, if you see my life swerving in love, in love, will you let me know? Today's the day that if you are someone who loves truth, but you have a tendency to be unloving, and you know if you are, you know that. You need to invite someone into your life to say, hey, man, listen, you're, you're a little harsh with people. I love that you love truth, but you're a little harsh. Folks, as a community, as a community, this is what we do one with another. Following Jesus is not an individual sport. Following Jesus is a team effort. It's a team game, and we need one another. That's why the, Paul, the Apostle Paul always talks about a body, a family, because those, they go together. So today, let me ask you this. Do you love truth? Are you looking for lies or have you been lied to? Some of you in here today, your next step here is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. That's your next step. You've never done that before. And what you've heard today, if you're identifying with it, that man, I, I don't know Jesus. I want you to know that has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with the Holy Spirit who is confirming what you're hearing. I'm, I'm not that persuasive. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit. And today, today, Step out. We want to talk with you. I want to I, I, come back to the pastor's area back there. You'll see me. I'd love to talk with you. If you're not ready to do that face-to-face, -face, text in the word Jesus or connect to the number. Text that in. I'll follow up with you. I want to help you take that next step of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Some of you in here, you need to follow up with believer's baptism. You've never been baptized. We want to talk to you about what that looks like and how you follow in obedience to being a baptized follower of Christ. Christian, you've surrendered your life to Christ. My prayer for you today is, as the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you through this time, do you love truth? Yes. Do you love truth? Do you love truth? Are you a loving person? Do you have people around you? Move today, act today, don't wait. Father, we love you, we honor you. I'm so thankful for this community. I thank you, Father, for how you've blessed my family by putting us here. And I ask you, God, would you do an incredible work in this community? Would you begin with me? Father, would you do something in each individual's lives here? Would you save people if they do not know Jesus as Savior? Would you move us out to love your word, to guard our ears, to guard our eyes, to protect our heart above all else so that we can be the men and women 
in our families and in our church you've called us to be. So that not just so it's for these four walls, but so others in this world, in Middle Tennessee, here in Murfreesboro, in Rutherford County, would know that you are the king, that Jesus is worthy to be worshiped, that the gospel above all else is good news that we've been changed and it is for all men, all women, all boys, all girls. We magnify you today, Jesus. We've sought to lift you up in our singing, in our teaching, in our dedicating of children back to you. Now then, Holy Spirit, would you draw people to Jesus so that they might have a new experience and a new life in him. And it's in the name of Jesus we ask these things. Amen. Zion, come and lead us, please.